Welcome, welcome to another podcast of Put Your Own Mask On First with me, Vicky O'Farrell. And me, Nikki Van Swabek. And here we are in February 2022. And we are today going to talk about managing emotions. Um, came off the back of a conversation that Nikki and I have been having, um, just, you know, like, we don't just talk once a month mm-hmm. on this podcast. <laughs> that would be weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, and so for, for those of you who follow me on any of my other social media platforms, you may know that uh, for the last six months, I have been trying to move house and the law in the country actually just England because Scotland does have a good law um I I think it's very archaic um but what it has done is it has made my emotions go all over the place um and in fact actually Nikki you've been there a few times when I've just picked the phone up and ah! and and it's it's about how um it's recognizing how our emotions change and also about how how they can impact on other people as well. If I talk about it in terms of, as most of you know, if you, if you do follow me on social media, you know what I do for a business, but I am the queen of behaviours. And a big part of that is personalities. And part of the thing that I do is getting you to understand uh, what your personality is when you wake up in the morning, what you are like on autopilot. And then there's a part of it that shows you how your environment will impact yeah. So as in, you know, when you go to work, how your environment impacts. And Nikki, I remember when we first did this, you were still working full time because we've known each other several years. Mm-hmm. And yours was like, I, I remember looking at it going, oh, dear girl, you're not enjoying what you're doing. Anything. Any, back in those days, I wasn't enjoying a single thing. My emotions oh. were winning. Oh, they were, weren't they? Um, and then there's also one that shows you what you, uh, what happens uh, when you're under pressure. And I've looked at my, do you know what, for the month of January, I think, I have lived in my pressured environment just because the whole house was supposed to exchange again and then that fell apart, the chain fell apart. Uh, I I feel for our buyer because it was the people buying her house. Uh, And it really made me realise that I had the shortest fuse in the world. Now, I'm not saying that everyone that goes under pressure has a short fuse, but I know when I'm under pressure, my fuse is normally very long and suddenly it goes very short. So I become a very snappy person and nobody needs snappy Vicky in their life permanently. Because um, I also I don't want snappy Vicky in my own life because it's absolutely exhausting. Yeah. And I feel I have been exhausted for the month of January. Well, it's funny and because I really don't. You're not someone that I see that from. And obviously emotions do have this way of changing reactions like that. But I just do not see that in you. You know, to me, you couldn't be snappy. Like I can't imagine (laughs) that. You've got some wonderful base level that's really positive and, you know, all of that kind of thing. So it surprises me to hear it. And because there's been times, exactly as Vicky says, you know, where I've come onto these calls or we've had catch ups and I've got to unload a little bit on Vicky and my fuse can be short a lot more regularly than just if I'm under pressure. Mine is naturally a little bit shorter. And I think Vicky's seen that. And But the, the thing is, I know exactly what you mean. It is exhausting. As soon as I've done something and my 
I've snapped or, you know, blown a fuse. I'm embarrassed about it afterwards anyway. Like, I never meant it. It was just the overwhelm of emotion in that moment and you're unable to deal with it. And then you respond in this way and then you feel, oh, damn it, I didn't want to do that. You know, I regret it and I'm embarrassed about it. Oh, well, do you know what? I think the first time I ever experienced that with you, if we can go back to the Himalayas, and it wasn't on the aeroplane when you lost your pillow or anything else that you managed to, how someone loses a pillow on an aeroplane, I have no idea. Ask Nikki Vinswellick, she'll tell you. Oh, sleep deprivation, that's how. <laughs> that was, yeah. It was when you um, misplaced, because you hadn't lost it, your passport in that hotel. You know, we checked into that hotel for six hours as part of the journey, and you, your passport was not where it should be yeah i saw a very like whoa this is a different girl than i've just been sitting next to for the last 12 hours well that was different because again that was sleep deprivation that's not that even for me that's not a normal um response but i just went because i was so tired my ability to manage my emotions in any capacity was gone and so it you know that wasn't that wasn't anger or anything but that was i guess sheer panic Mm. You know, we've just arrived in India. We're only in a stopgap. We're in this place for, what were we, 12 hours or something we were there? Yeah. Um, and I thought, if I don't if I don't find this passport, like, my whole trip is ruined. Yeah, anyway, but that's what I was doing. My, I wasn't able to manage it, so I was catastrophizing that situation. And I thought, well, there's no way out. And, oh, my God. And it was the end of the world. But, so um, but so yes, let me that, ask you then. Yeah. How How can we manage our emotions because they, they just na they just naturally happen don't they because of impacts of other people or our surroundings our emotions just get that but how can we recognize them and then do something about it so that it it doesn't change yeah well I don't know I think there's probably a million different ways and I think it's more of a case that you've got to find the way that works for you but I think a good starting point is remembering that actually our thoughts are a big part of the process of creating our emotions. You know, we we learn things throughout life and we get certain conditioning by the way, like you say, people treat us, experiences that we have and and so on. So what that means is our, our mind, our thought processes can actually go on autopilot. And before you've had a chance to even realise you think a certain thought that creates emotion in your body. So maybe it's not about focusing as much on the emotion itself, but it's about understanding how your mind works and where the autopilot is in your mind. Because if you can have some level of, I don't like the word control, but I, I guess management, I don't like that word either, but you know, <laughs> some, some kind of understanding of your thought processes, it's going to help you alleviate what emotions come up for you in certain circumstances and situations and therefore you will naturally just start becoming a better manager of your emotions but it really I think boils down to emotional intelligence it's the ability to perceive use understand manage and handle your emotions so when you talk about your, like you go back to life experiences and if I think of an example um it was quite a while uh, as a, so as a child I was scared of dogs yeah and I know that that came from um an experience that I had when I grew up as a child behind us was all uh, cornfields mm -hmm. and in the summertime as kids we'd all be out there playing and I remember being out there and I think I was on my own and the neighbor like three or four houses down had some big dogs and their gate wasn't shut 
and the dogs came out. Now, I didn't get attacked. I wasn't like attacked by dogs, but one of them was a Great Dane. One of them was yeah. an Alsatian. <laughs> yeah. And I was only tiny. And I remember them all bounding up, running around me. Yeah. And it frightened the life out of me. And from that, I had a real fear of dogs. Yeah. It makes sense. I don't now. I mean, I've had dogs and I'm looking forward to getting new dogs at some point in the future. But that emotion, it's like, I don't know, our brain takes it, doesn't it? And then, and then locks it away. Mm. Yeah. That it only ever then comes back out when there's a dog around. And I don't yeah. get it now because I've dealt with it. But it's like some an experience that could happen to you, even as a, as a child, that you can't even remember that happened to you. But it's locked in your brain, isn't it? I mean, this this organ that lives in our head. I know. Well, um, I think it's because most of that organ is actually subconscious. And in there lies the... The, the issue or the problem if you like with these kinds of things that if you don't look at what's in the subconscious and work through things like a fear of dogs or whatever because of certain circumstances then it will remain forever because it, it it's then on autopilot because it's in the subconscious so you're not even partaking in that fear response when you see a dog um it's happening automatically without you so it it, it is it's the mind is a it well it's mind-blowing so when people have um, those kind of fears, then th like the fear of heights and things like that, it, that that this we're talking about managing emotions. So what you're saying is we need to go and unlock why where, the root of the problem. It's not yeah. just managing emotions. It's not. This isn't just a high level like okay, I know I get stressed, you know, when I'm house buying. So let's just not house buy again. I mean, that's not yeah. something that. Not saying I'm planning to do quite a lot of time. But, you know, I, I or I just know when I'm under pressure, it's just unlocking. I mean, that's I suppose that's a bit different, really, isn't it? Because I'm thinking I know when I'm under pressure that my personality changes and I can manage that. But actually, does that come? Does that come from somewhere else? Does it come from somewhere mm. even further back? Because not everybody under pressure has a short fuse. Yeah. Well, I think, um, do you know, I think it's now, I'm going to potentially pronounce his name wrong. So I'm going to pronounce it in two ways to cover all bases. But in, I think it's The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle or Eckhart Tolle, however it is pronounced correctly. I remember, I mean, that's a difficult book to digest, but there's the one bit that, one of the bits that stood out for me is he's talking about emotions and he says, the reason why emotions are important is because they're signposts. So the emotion itself, I guess, is just a reaction of things in your body. It's not a, it's not a real thing. It's not a fact. It's not a, do you know what I mean? It's, it's sort of intangible in that sense. But what it's doing is it's pointing you at something that you need to maybe look at or address. So I guess in the sense of being, having a shorter fuse when under pressure, perhaps there is something, a signpost pointing at pressure for you. You know, why is mm. pressure making you react in this certain way so it's more about seeing emotions I guess as signposts mm. rather than this rather than facts you know just because you're scared of dogs doesn't mean dogs are scary yeah yeah you know what I mean so I mean dogs can be scary but you know so I think it's it, it's that and and then I think the Stoics have a lot of I, I'm not I, I don't follow Stoicism that closely but I do think it's got some very good value when it comes to emotions and the stoics do it very well and their ethos is it's not 
the domestication of emotions or sorry it is the domestication of emotions rather than eliminating them you know we, we mustn't really fight these emotions because they just are what they are and like I say they're useful signposts to things in our life you don't need to get rid of the fact that you've got a short fuse or that you're quick to anger it's just how you utilize that information in your life mm-hmm. okay if, if that makes some kind of sense it does make sense and does it I mean, does it come back to us as cavemen, that whole fight, fear, fear, um, flight or fight, isn't it? And you actually think there's so much we can we can bring back to us as cavemen and women, sorry, that, yeah. that you know, we needed to recognise very quickly whether that was a sabre-toothed tiger that was going to kill us or it was going to be our dinner. Yeah. And I think the brain has not changed in all of these hundreds of thousands of years you think about how much life has changed and how much you know the whole um emotional intelligence and everything like that has changed so everything changes so quickly now doesn't it it's mm. you know i i'm I, I love the fact that i grew up in an era that i got excited because the fax machine arrived <laughs> yeah do you remember pages do you remember pages as well <laughs> that was exciting wasn't it for those, for those of you younger listeners please go and google the word facsimile um <laughs> it was an amazing machine um but it, it is it's like everything else in life seems to have come on really really quickly yet yet our brain hasn't as, yeah. it, as an organ it's still that fight or flight is still there and, and I think and I agree and, and this you know we're this is why managing emotions isn't easy because actually what we're doing is fighting nature and we're hardwired to see the negative because it's a survival technique yes but the bottom line is in this day and age and in this society and in this culture and world that we live in being able to remain steady in the face of chaos or obstacles means that you can't be undone it means that these emotions can't run you you know it's more about just letting them be because actually they will pass within seconds if not minutes anyway i love that well, that's you... a little yes that's the stoic approach it's about yeah. that's the point i think you know no matter what your emotions are doing acknowledge that they're there but remaining steady anyway so yeah. that you're not acting from this place of either high or low emotion and making decisions from a place of fear or a place of lack or a place of worry or whatever it might be or a place of anger yeah so i mean when you just pick up there the fact that we we do have a negative bias yeah. because it was the fight or flight do you think i mean it's quite heavy really isn't it but i'm just do you think we could ever change that? I think, uh, yeah. Uh, do you know what? I'm not saying I've got the answer to how, but like we said a minute ago, the mind is absolutely unbelievable, isn't it? Oh, my God. And so I think, you know, as, as a, well, as a human species, I think there's probably scientists looking into this kind of stuff, and it's probably that level. Whether we can do it as individual people, is that just enlightenment? I don't know. But I think it's more about the little daily practices that we can do for ourselves to, you know, I guess, remain in our body, not get carried away with the stories in our minds and, you know, stay grounded. And and those are the things I think that we can do just as individuals on a daily basis to help us not go so high up or so low down or whatever the situation. Um, and, and I just bringing up there on before we started recording this, we're talking about managing emotions because you're someone who very much starts every day with a daily gratitude, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. And that helps you to stay in a positive mindset rather than in a that um, negative bias. 
Well, yeah, I, and and this is, you know, journaling has become my best friend, absolutely my best oh. friend over the last two years. And But there's different ways that I journal. One of those ways is a very, very quick daily practice. It takes minutes. And it will either be a, a list of a few gratitudes, few affirmations, and maybe the top two or three things that I want to make sure I get done that day. But one of the things that is always on repeat, because it just helps remind me and click me into that space every morning, is today is going to be a great day. Sometimes my mood might be low and I can't use the word great, but then I will use the word good. And it's just about feeling that in myself, like, who am I today? How am I feeling today? And remember, today can be a good day. It might not be the day that I get 200 million things done. But if I'm in a low mood, maybe having a good or great day just means that I get myself out out for a nice walk or cook a nice dinner or, you know, whatever. But it's just about shifting and reframing any sort of negativity into, okay, well, it doesn't all have to be bad because... I think I was very, very well practiced at, at staying in the bad and being autopilot, negative self-talk, negative, 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 negative for the longest time. So now it's just about rewiring that. Okay. So yeah, we can rewire and we can change. And it, like you say, it's it's not having everything. You know, it. Well, we talked about. Um, toxic positivity didn't we a few a few recordings back it's all about like yeah don't keep going about you know don't dismiss someone else's you know someone else's great day might just be putting one foot in front of the other yeah it might just be getting out of bed absolutely and when someone think to someone's that's someone's great day it's like not not excuse me pissing on someone's bonfire it's it's not it's going that is a great day and it's and it's helping them to celebrate and recognize it. it's a great day mm-hmm. so you you talk about the fact that you spent a long time in the negative mindset how how have you changed that what's been your journey to get where you are now so it sounds really boring and I'm not the biggest fan of this word but honestly consistency you know sometimes you can be doing a daily practice and you think I don't really know why I'm doing this I don't see the benefit yet but all of a sudden you'll look back and you'll you'll see the change and you'll you'll feel how much that's accumulated over time to put you in a much better position and I know how much change my small daily habits and actions have helped me because I feel happiness, I feel joy, I feel all these wonderful emotions that I never allowed myself to feel before. Like I say, the only emotions that I was sort of aware of were anger, frustration, you know, I was not satisfied with any area of my life. You know, it was just all below the line stuff. There was, I might occasionally have a laugh or think, oh, that was a good day, or but that was the extent of it. It would never, ever go higher than that. And I can reach higher than that now. So there's my proof that... The small little rewiring of daily things yeah. help. And and in <clears> fact, <throat> I'll go as far as to say change your life. Uh, well, I guess also you when you say you you know you do these little changes, I'm not sure why I'm doing them. I suppose it's anyone that's changing their lifestyle in or in terms of changing their fitness levels. You know, you don't expect to to go out for a walk and have fruit for breakfast and then lose a stone by the next day we, we all yeah. you know we all know it's those little bits that that make a massive yeah. impact long term I don't think there's anything that's kind of short gain unless you know you buy a scratch card and suddenly you you've won the lottery and like, I'm a millionaire yeah 
all those people go bankrupt though because they never prepared their mindset for being millionaires so it's mm-hmm. a very interesting thing anyway yeah but I, I think that you know and the part of I guess what inspired us to do this this episode today on this is how much your emotions can impact the world you're living in you know how you run your business how you feel about things and therefore how you show up to them yeah yeah because I know in January um the only way I can describe it is losing my mojo because yeah. I was so focused my emotions were so much around the house move but also my husband's business because the house we're buying is going to be our next project we hadn't taken on another project um for those that don't know my husband runs a construction company and so we were we were kept putting off our next big project because we thought ours would be the next big project and because that hadn't happened suddenly it's like business level it's like right okay I, I need to not focus on mine I need to help him focus on his because we need to make sure that we've still got the team working and that there's work there so lots of little projects mean I have to help him do the project management side of things um and and it, it actually do you know what we, we both found it exhausting because we weren't doing the stuff that we'd normally do mm. you know the things that and I'm not saying you know it, it we had this saying to us book a fallen no matter what it is, go out there and book a full and But it's like, if you're not doing what brings you joy, it doesn't matter if you book a full or not. It's like, it's got to bring you joy. N- not everything is about financial gain. Mm. It's about doing what makes you happy because your emotion, you talk, we talk about managing emotions. If, if we're all going around in our happy space, yet yeah, of what brings us joy, then we, our joy will rub off on the other people. But if we're doing stuff that doesn't bring us joy, what happens to your emotions? Where do they go? And actually, what impact does that have on the people around you? Mm. It's not just about the fact that I had a short fuse. It's just the fact that I wasn't really, I wasn't able to bring joy to other people. In fact, I even put it on my Insta story. Can't remember what it was one day this weekend. I think I just actually apologized to everyone on Instagram going, I'm really sorry. I feel like I've been an absolute grouch for the last month. Because I I suddenly stopped back and reflected, actually, I have. I've just not been able to get involved with as much as I wanted to do. And I think, like you say, when you you've just said about looking back and realizing that all these changes that you've made actually every day have now ch- completely changed where you are as, as a person. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's having the time, isn't it though? And how many of us actually take the time to look in the mirror and realize that a change needs to happen? I know it is the hardest part. I guess the one thing I would say to that in, in the hope that it, it, and it's just popped into my head in the hope that it motivates people to maybe take the time out to do that is and maybe some people out there maybe even you Vic I don't know consider this a little bit woo woo but you know emotions if if we ignore them if we suppress them they essentially get trapped in the body and that can turn into disease illness all sorts of different things so it's really about I guess accepting that you are not your emotions you are not your mind you are not your thoughts you are not those things but you have to let them be you know and I think I said to you before we even started this you know there is no light without the dark so Mm. you know you had January is a bit of a low mojo month but what that's done for you now in February is you're sort of soaring and you feel really full of energy and really happy because you've let that emotion happen and you've released it and let it go and I think 
you know, if the motivator is that you don't want to keep emotions stuck in your body, blocking the, the energy from flowing and, and creating space for new wonderful things, then, you know, you might get ill, you might not live a happy life, it might manifest in lots of ways that just keep you stuck in a negative pattern, in a negative spiral. So the emotions are almost aren't even that important. <laughs> and I know that sounds a bit weird, but just acknowledge it, accept it, feel it, let it go. Because it will pass. It is just an emotion. It's just energy in your body. That is simply all it is. So just let it go and it's gone and it's done and you move on. I, I'm, I'm feeling like I want to break into the song from Frozen. Let it go, <laughs> let it go. Exactly. She knew what she was singing about. She knew exactly what she was singing about, didn't she? But it, but it is that. It's it's the whole recognising it. If, if, we, if we stay stuck, if we, if we let our emotions control us, rather than us control our emotions. Because this brain, this organ that we have in our head, like you say, most of the time is working in subconscious mode. But actually, if we, if we get that out and we get it to work in its, in its uh, you know, top performance, and yes, for some people, a great day is just putting one foot in front of the other. And I, and I do recognise that. But it's also recognising that you're the person is you're the only one in your own way you know yeah. you've got to get out yeah. of your own way but first of all you've got to look in the mirror and think about what it is that you want what you know to me it's like what makes you happy you know mm -hmm. what brings you joy uh, and I know that this last month hasn't done uh, and trust me um, I, <laughs> I won't be recommending house buying and selling to anyone recently <laughs> Um, although I'd like to recommend that this government does change policy about house buying. Um, but it, it is or, it, or it's just being able to say to people who are going to move, even, you know, not just buying and selling houses, but rent, you know, the, the, the packing of stuff up. The, the, there's going to be huge emotion that you go through changing mm -hmm. jobs. You know, whenever there's change, there's emotion. Yeah. How do you deal with that emotion? But what you want to do is when when change happens. And emotions change is to not get stuck in the negative emotions. And that's really easy to do, isn't it? Because we are negative bias. Yeah. Because it is a case of, is that saber-toothed tiger going to eat me or mm -hmm. is it going to be my lunch? So we're stuck in negative bias because it's a survival technique. We need to, to get out of our own way. And sometimes it might be that we need help with that, you know, and uh, I mean, talking about what you do, obviously, as a transformational coach, helping your clients get out their own way. And sometimes we go, oh, yeah, but I just what I've got my mates for. Your mates aren't always going to be the ones that can help you get out. They might be the ones that turn around and tell you, you need to go and sort yourself out. Yeah. But actually going and finding, a, especially if you think about business, when you get stuck in business. I mean, I have a business coach, uh, the, the awesome Julie Creffield, as you know. I have been working with Alan Stevens as well for the last year of my speaking. But it is that whole, and I know now, whilst I'm, whilst I'm out of January and I've got my mojo back, I actually, I still need a coach because yeah. it's accountability. It, you someone else will always see things differently to you. You know, if I cannot, if we were sitting sharing the same cup of coffee, well, it wouldn't be coffee, it would be tea because I don't drink coffee. But if we were sitting drinking the same cup of fluid, I have no idea 
how you taste that versus yeah. how I taste And I never can and I never will be able to because I will never be able to get inside your brain. Yeah. But I think... You absolutely agree. But I think as well, you know, there's... We're all going to handle things differently and therefore have different reactions. But let's mm. say with yours that you've just experienced, you know, it's quite to be expected that eventually this led you to some level of pressure, I, I guess, burnout of the situation as well. And I think, you know, hearing you speak about it a little bit more, what it makes it is sort of stirred something in my mind. It's because you were forced into a state of living in the future. Mm. And what they say is, you know, when your mind is either well stuck in the future, generally it's more anxious. If it's stuck in the past, it's generally a little bit more depressed. So it's really about when it comes to your emotions, stay in the now. Because right now in this moment, A, it's all that you have. And B, what is actually going on? There is nothing wrong in this moment. Nothing's hurting you. Nothing's, you know, so you can sort of ground yourself and bring it back. But when, and obviously moving house is one of the most stressful things that you can do. But especially with your situation, it's been ongoing for so long. You know, you've been in a perpetual state of limbo, living in the future. So you can't live in the now. You know, you can't plan for now because you're waiting for the house move to happen. And it's inevitable that that is going to, cause some level of unbalance within your body within your mind your emotions and all of that kind of stuff you know it, it's inevitable so I think these things to a degree are inevitable it's just then how we choose to manage them and and I think trying to stay as present as possible is a really good tactic for that always remind yourself in the moment you know whether it's taking four deep breaths five deep breaths whether it's doing you know one minute of yoga whatever something that brings you back into your body and brings you back into the present moment and you will soon see that those emotions if they're negative and not good for you they will pass and then you'll realize actually i, I can handle this i can deal with whatever it is that's going on i love that <laughs> and i i love that so much i think i'd like to finish on that thought process of living in the future will bring anxiety living in the past could bring depression mm -hmm. so live in the now because all you have is now there is no future there is no past the only thing that is is now i love it yeah i love you nikki actually i love you too <laughs> i really like this podcast today i think this is a really good episode it is um, I hope you've all enjoyed it as well. Please do leave us some comments, shares, likes, you know, go find us on social media and tell us what you think. Yes, please do. This has been Put Your Own Mask On First with me, Vico Farrell. Me, Nikki Ben Swavik. And we'll catch you on the next one next month. Big love, guys. See you soon. <laughs>